0: and welcome back to tea and twits just two girls talking about stuff that we care about laura we have both been busier than hell this last month but how are you doing uh i need about
1: 10 drinks and to not leave my bed for a solid 48 hours however i still have to go to work so that's not happening
0: uh we can pretend it happens. Uh, <laughs> in, our, in our minds we can go on vacation whether or I not wish it happens it, in real life <laughs> I wish it worked
1: like that because my life would be great if I, all my maladaptive daydream, daydreams came true
0: yeah we, that'd we, be great we made, a, we made a comment in my team huddle at work today that said that instead of mandatory overtime we need mandatory um, PTO <laughs> uh,
1: that's like literally a thing certain companies do it's, like, you have to take your PTO. And I'm, like, that'd be great. I don't get PTO. It's, like, my job is still technically part-time because I'm not 40 hours, like, every day of the year. Right. But I also make more than my mother does yearly in, like, my year. Yeah. So so it's just, like, I'm not full-time. I'm still going to die inside. Yeah. Like, worse. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, before we get too far into our podcast, I did have an amendment to my list from last month with the people- Oh, I did too. I did too. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, I actually, I have three people I need to add to my list because I just thought about them like two weeks after we had recorded the last podcast. So, um, this falls under the category of, I love this person based on the character that they play. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Marlon Brando, but specifically as Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls. <laughs> okay, that makes sense.
1: That makes hella sense because it's just that's like
0: peak Marlon Brando. That and, is peak Marlon Brando. And just it's just chefs, chefs kisses all around. Just yes. Um, another one that I had uh, was uh Bing, Bing Crosby. I love the crooners. Like his Mm. voice is just, oh, it it melts me every time I hear his voice. And like his his versions of um, Christmas songs are the only ones I will listen to, honestly. Okay, that's fair. And the last one is under the um, YouTube like (laughs) section bracket. Yes, because I forgot about him until I started. uh, I started subscribing to him on um, Twitch, but his username is Pudding Whispers. He's an ASMR channel. But oh, okay. He's so cute. And like, I I have this I have this weird rule that I will not date um guys with either my brother's name or my nephew's name. But this guy's name is Justin. He's the only person I would break that rule for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's... That's fair. See, the issue is there's too many Jameses in the world. So... <laughs> I'm like, shit out of luck. They'll get a nickname if that happens. <laughs> I've already come to that, like, thing. But also, J-names are just never a thing you want to do. Yeah. Um. So, my amendments include... But also, can... There's gray area. Because at one point, this is in the hockey category for me. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um i had a caveat of like the entirety of the florida panthers just because i love them they're my team it just happens Uh um i need to put an an asterisk though on one player named sam bennett and i love i loved sam bennett literally when he was on the flames Mm -hmm. and then he got traded like last or second to last day of like trade being open for the season And he's literally fucking killed it for us since he got traded. And he's also just fun to watch because he's, there's a thing in hockey where it's like, you fuck with one of my guys, I'm going to fuck with you. Mm -hmm. And it's just that embodiment. (laughs) Again, it's me. I like people (laughs) who literally will fight someone else sometimes for no fucking reason. (laughs) Um, along those same lines I had at one point I mentioned two of the Colorado Avalanche and then my brain also went but like the entire team because they're fucking great Um, Mm. asterisk for Tyson Jost and Ryan Graves which I don't remember if I mentioned Ryan or not I don't remember (laughs) I I started naming like three of the Avalanche players but I'm like fuck it all of them (laughs) (laughs) I remember me like doing that and then did I have another one I don't think I did I think it was only that I need to like make the asterisk on my hockey players and uh if I you hear me in a podcast depending on how my work schedule is I will probably only be talking about the playoffs because playoffs start like tonight I think for what for one (laughs) of the divisions my first game isn't until Sunday but I literally have already like, apologize to my family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I apologize in advance. That's all you're going to be hearing about for, for the next foreseeable
1: future. Oh, Oh, my God. Maybe I'll post it on Twitter at some point. But it was... Oh, I forgot when. I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. I can't remember when. Uh, it was last weekend. I was in my room doing ho- watching hockey. And my brother and my friend were out in the living room because they were doing D&D. Um, they were finished and were just watching videos. So I came out real quick to, like, grab a piece of food. It's literally a video of me eating a potato with my leg up explaining hockey. Like, it was just, it's the, it was like, James, my brother literally was like, it's a renaissance, but, like, video. It's, it's, it's just the, it's, you know, those, like, compilations on TikTok where people will, like, put, like, if you had, like, an intro to yourself, what would it be? Yeah. And like it's a bunch of different like photos and video clips that mm. that would be on my fucking intro, like <laughs> that's like either the first or like almost the last thing you see. And I definitely
0: need to see that video. Yeah. To awesome. also
1: prove that it's playoffs, I'm currently like staring at the hair dye I have to do tomorrow after work because I have to re dye my hair. Panthers colors. My nails are already Panthers colors. Like we in the end game now,
0: fam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness uh, okay right. so, books yes books jumping straight into our topic for this month this is book club month um this month we both read or attempted to finish <laughs> reading a song below water by bethany c moreau listen we have both been super duper busy this last month i've been under mandatory overtime at work and i went on vacation where i was going to try and read the book And then I ended up just needing that vacation to literally sleep because I have been losing sleep due to work and stress. And you have been busier than hell because your work season's ramping up. Uh, Yeah,
1: I had 10 hours of overtime last week, 10 hours of overtime this week. I'm going to have 10 or more hours of overtime next week. Mm -hmm. And then it's just going to get worse from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we both attempted to finish reading the book oddly enough we both ended up stopping around the same place but
1: I think you got maybe 10 pages ahead of me or something like that I I don't like remember the exact place and like like for me and it's like if you've listened to like the podcast from like the rest of this year like you know I've read so many books this year alone Mm -hmm. and I came to the realization while reading this is there's a reason I didn't do book clubs or anything like that. Even though like my mom always like, was like, Hey, maybe you should like join like an online one. Just do it like that. Just so I like had other interaction with other people instead of like, just my like core group. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, no. And this kind of proved why. And Mm -hmm. it's part of, I don't know what it is. It's just, I enjoy reading, but if I have to have a deadline on when it needs to be read, that is... It almost feels like a chore. Exactly. And, like, and I don't want to use the word chore because this book, like, from what I read is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, I have shit highlighted, like, stuff like, like, it's fantastic. But it also is just, it gave me the feel like I was explaining it to my mom in the car, like, driving home today. And it just feels like when you're given assigned reading in school and that you don't do it. It's like that, like my English teacher like yelled at me at one point. She's like, you've read like three books in the past three, like four days. Like you have a new book every day. Why aren't you reading these two chapters that you've been assigned?
0: Because at that point, it's the books that you're reading for for pleasure are books that you're specifically interested in they are books that you picked out so you have that attachment to them and
1: that's not to say we didn't pick this out because we had a list of books and we picked this book out in a list but it also came to the realization for me is i've also started reading um i don't remember the like exact genre but it's like na is like what i've heard on book talk it's like new adult fiction
0: like, oh, new okay. adult
1: fantasy, stuff like that, to where mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's not only darker storylines, there obviously is smut and shit like that in it as well, but it's also, some of the shit I read is just the dumbest, like, romance books, and then some of it's, like, hardcore, like, fantasy, like, deep plot shit, yeah. and this book, like, what I've read so far, it it is a YA book, it's a young adult book meant for, like, high schoolers.
0: Yeah, and that's, I I didn't want to pick something that was going to be, or I didn't want to, like, offer something that was going to be, like, super duper heavy because at the same oh. time, I'm in school.
1: Exactly. I'm already
0: reading so much for class that my brain's going, I can't, I literally can't process anything that's more analytical. And, but, yeah, it's, But continue. This book, this book is kind of up both of our alleys because it involves a lot of fantasy but also renaissance and mental health and and you know social justice and i'm like this is kind of it 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 was a really good read especially like for the first like half of it i'm excited to so like,
1: I, like i'm excited to like not have a deadline after this mm. and i'll probably read like other books this weekend and then like because the other thing i realized is in reading this it's also Want wanted me like caused me to want to research certain things. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that when I'm working 10 hours overtime. I have right. to read this book like come my birthday mm-hmm. when I have maybe an hour of overtime at most. Right. And it's just I like I've highlighted quotes, so I'm gonna read some quotes in the book that I found that I just love, mm-hmm. but I've like actually connected with this book in ways because of some of the way that it is written and like the things that are being said because mm. I'm sorry, I'm drinking carbonated water. I burp. You're good. No. Okay. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. We're good. Um, But it, it, it calls into action. A lot of the shit that has been finally hitting the fan on mm-hmm. sy- systemic racism and all of, the like like just all the social justice issues you could possibly kind of wrap your head around along with the issues of high school along with the issues of grief along with the issues of just living life
0: right and that's that's kind of what i was i'm not saying that this is why i put the book on the list but it's like there it was just an interesting find to be like okay, how are they going to tie in the fantasy aspect with, like, modern issues? Because there, there's a lot of talk in the book, especially about, like, um, not, not BLM per se, but, you know, the protests against police brutality and stuff like that, and it's just, it was very nice to see, like, a coherent, easy way to Process it, I guess. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's the best way to put it to where it's... And again, I'm saying this, like, this is coming from two white women. It mm-hmm. it helps put into perspective in these certain areas things that you never think about. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's a major plot point, uh, not, not like a major plot point, but it's an underlying thing, like, you get from the beginning with the one character of her favorite YouTuber. Yeah. Who purely does things like for black hair and that's how she got popular Mm -hmm. and you see that and it's like that's a thing you don't think about so it's like i saw that and then i went and like looked at youtube to like see what i can find in the name of like bigger you like not even like bigger youtubers youtubers in general that were people of color were black and it's like you can kind of see the disconnect like on your homepage on YouTube. You can see that disconnect,
0: right? Exactly.
1: And like that's something that I've been trying to be more mindful of, but it's also to have that put into words of like being able to see someone that is like you and is teaching you to like things that you're not never normally taught. If yeah. that makes sense,
0: no, that totally makes sense. Um, I want to take a quick second and read the, like, the, about the author that's in the jacket of the book. Okay, yeah. Um, so Bethany C. Moreau is a recovering expat recently returned from Montreal, Quebec, to live and write in North Country, New York. A California native, Moreau graduated from the University of California, Santa Cruz with a BA in sociology and studied clinical psych- psychological research at the University of Wales, Bangor. She is also the author of the adult novel Men and the editor of the young adult anthology Take the Mic. The Song Below Water is her debut young adult novel. So that makes, that makes a little bit more sense as to why like, mental health plays a really big role in the book. Mm-hmm. Because they deal a lot with, one of the characters deals with like, I want to say it's mm, de- depression, I would say. It's uh, and anxiety. which
1: one are you talking about, Effie oh, or Tavia? Tavia. Okay, so Tavia is more grief. I, I would surround it as grief because as someone who's lost a parent, I'm gonna speak that way, mm. uh, it's the overwhelming grief that comes and goes. There's certain parts of your day where it's not really there, but then there's something that'll happen like the biggest example is her getting called up for the run fair. Is that brings back so much? That's Effie.
0: That's That's Effie.
1: Yes. Oh, I was looking at the wrong fucking note I had for myself. That's (laughs) great. I'm perfect. Effie. Um, Effie. Yes, I totally agree with grief. No, no, for that, for that grief. The other thing. Oh, what would you put it? Isolation, I think, would be the more prominent thing Mm -hmm. for, for her because it's more. Isolation in the way of, I'm trying to think, I think depression, yeah, would cause, would be a symptom of it, just mental health issues in general, but also that stem from what she is. Yeah, there's also- And how the people around her- Right. Perceive that.
0: Right. There's also coming- from a psychology perspective, there's also an attachment issue because she wants so badly to be loved by her dad. She has that mm-hmm. almost, that kind of attachment issue where she's like trying to do everything she can to please her dad, even though it's not going to work because she's a siren. And he just has that negative connotation in his head because of his mom.
1: yeah. Uh, and then that also adds to it, especially, like, when we get to the, oh, God, what part was it? Like, when everything starts happening, mm-hmm. um, especially with, like, how she's internalizing the one major, like, part where, uh, like, her voice was used. Yeah. She's like, I-, I can't tell dad this. Like, it's not mm-hmm. going to end well
0: yeah. type thing. Yeah, when she uses her voice on the police officers,
1: and oh, did I highlight it? Let me see if I did. Da-da-da. Da-da-da, is this one? Is this her dad? <laughs> yes. Okay. This this is. I, I was trying to make sure. Um, it see. This is a quote. It's from like page like fifty seven. It's mm-hmm. uh, it always seems so easy for him to forget, and it still does that I'm a siren and how badly my life can turn out. I'm, mm-hmm. and then it, there's like other stuff. So, as much as I want him to fix, uh, so, so as much as I want to be fixed for him, I'm keeping my not fake but not mine diagnosis.
0: Oh, because of the her voice thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because that's when they were talking about the everything that happened back in Santa Cruz. Back when she was, I think mm-hmm. it was like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And how the conversation, I remember the phrase, her saying, being my grandmother's granddaughter. And yeah. that's an overarching theme throughout that I've seen. I don't want to say theme, but like thing I've seen throughout is she's like since like the first chapter first page i think she's talking about how she wants to be able to hear her grandmother's voice to hopefully get some type of clarity right on what to do with her life as a siren
0: exactly and and then on the complete opposite you have effie who is going through massive amounts of ptsd and, yes, and rightfully so, given yes. what her situation is. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> like, because you know that that'll mess you up. So mm-hmm. Four of your friends turned to stone, and then sprites are coming back after you. Going, five were there. Why did four only stay?
1: <laughs> well, and then two. and then it adds to it of. Like, I remember the flashback being, like, she was there, she was running, and then it's blackout, and she's waking up at home. Mm-hmm. And then she had, like, it had to be explained to her what happened.
0: Yeah, like, I, I'm i sure that that probably gets explained in the-, the Later on. the book. But it, it makes me think that, like, inadvertently something had happened, which is why, like, at the same time as, like- the sprites are coming back, she's kind of coming into her power where it's, like, evidently showing between, like, you know, the magical kind of leprosy thing going on with her hands that Tavia finds, and then, like, her hair moving on her own, on its own. She's really coming into her powers, but she doesn't know what exactly her powers are.
1: Which also stems from the fact of she doesn't know who her dad is. Right. And... I, I have a feeling that something's ha- doesn't happen in the second half of the book. Or I, is there a sequel to this? I think there's a sequel. I'm checking. Um,
0: I don't think so. I think this is just it.
1: No, she, no, she's writing a second book, but about an Elko. That's why. Ah. That's why I was, like, thinking. Because I remember there being a second book coming mm. out soon, if not. Mm. Yeah, it, it came out uh, in March. Oh, okay. Cool. That's why I, I, I remembered seeing it. Um, but it's the overarching for Effie about kind of one learning who she is and then on top of that, trying to live up to her mother. I think in that term, but it's it's not only just like live up to her and like be able to be in that tent. Mm-hmm. It's also to do what she thinks would make her mother proud, right? And then on top of that, everything else that's going on mm-hmm. between her and I'm just gonna say her sister because they're basically sisters. Like yeah,
0: yeah. There's there's not biologically, basically. but they're basically sisters. Right, right, right. It it's the whole like at this very start of the book, it starts out with the trial of a man being a man who murdered this girl named Rhoda Taylor. Yeah. And what comes out is that Rhoda
1: could uh, potentially
0: oh, be to to
1: be more specific, black female.
0: Yes, she is a black female. Um but it comes out that she could also potentially be a siren. And in this society, even though it's 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 modern day with a fantasy twist, sirens are considered they're almost they're they're social pariah at this point. Yeah. And it's it really speaks to how you know society views not only black women but women that have like these special abilities so there's a social commentary on that which is really really interesting but it affects obviously Tavia because Tavia is a siren and her walking through like the trial going going on and how her friends around her are like talking to her about it and she's just like I just kind of want to disappear
1: yeah it's (laughs) I, I'm, I'm looking at, like, my notes from, like, that chapter when that was, um like, brought out. Some of the quotes, like, I highlighted were, no one should get away with murder because of what we are. Yeah. Um, yes, and did. then there's he this does. really long quote that mm-hmm. is just kind of, puts the nail on the head for a lot of shit. For, like, at least in my head, it's like, My problem is that for a long time, sirens have been Black women, not just mostly, exclusively. Now that it's just us, the romance is dead. Instead of inspiring songs and stories, now our calls inspire defensive anger. Our power is Mm. not enchanting or endearing anymore. It offends. And that just correlates to the stereotype that a lot of Black women get, or the majority of, I'm just going to say, Mm -hmm. of like the angry like you have to not be angry you can't yell you can't be assertive it's it's that whole
0: thing exactly because um one of the big you know plot points in the book is that the man that killed rhoda taylor was found not guilty because of the fact that she may may have been this siren and it was never definitively said Uh, as of
1: right now let's say it that way as of right now
0: as of right now as of where we are in the book um, it was never definitively said that she was in fact a siren but but based on the outcome of the trial where they're gearing up to is a protest going on about you know sirens and and black lives and and stuff like that so I mean it's definitely a very good mirror but very easy way to kind of explain it to a high school level or lower kids about you know social commentary and stuff like that Um, yeah and
1: then along those same lines from that like exact chapter is i'm gonna do the end of the quote because it's a really long like thought continuous thought process from effie but it's... I could even talk about Rhoda Taylor and how no one even knew or really cared whether she was actually a siren or not. They just went along with her post-mortem character assassination because she was already the worst thing she could be, a black woman. Yep. And I like I like highlighted that, put the book down, like processed and then continued. Because it's. <laughs> it puts into perspective other things you don't really know or it also... It, it also reworks the way you think, right. I guess is the best way to put it in my head. Yeah. It reworks any interaction you have with any Black woman in general. So it's like, I, I literally went back in my head and was like, okay, have I ever, like, fucked someone, like, up subconsciously because of this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it, I think this book does a very great job of making people think
0: it does it definitely does but i'm kind of on a, a lighter side and i want to get your perspective on another kind of character plot character that uh-huh. doesn't really speak um i have on my notes not quite sure why the gargoyle chose to move when effie started having issues if the- supposedly there for tavia
1: that was my thinking And then it also, like, in the, like, later on when she goes to, like, part of that school project thing where she goes back to the park Mm -hmm. and she's back at the house, the gargoyle isn't on top of the house like he normally is. He's, Mm -hmm. like, chilling on the balcony, like, wings out, no one fuck, like, no one can fuck with me here. Like, I'll kill someone. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely think that's going to be explored in the second half because I very much enjoy that like little thing, but it also, I just, I hate how the dad is with the fucking gargoyle. It's like any, any attention is bad attention in the dad's head because of his daughter being a siren. And it's like, yes, to a degree, but also no, go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, and that that really bugs me too because it's like you're he's purposely almost creating this toxic environment because of his. It's own not almost. Internal, it is right because of his own internal commentary, and it's obviously uh, having this you know effect on not only Tavia but Effie as well because Tavia's is hurting, so Effie is hurting for her because. At, Tavia's dad is treating Effie more like a daughter than Tavia is. Yeah. so yeah, it's it's very heartbreaking. but um this book is so incredibly well written. I'm excited to, you know finish reading the book. Do you have anything else because i'm I'm out of points.
1: Um, I have one thing that I know will get both of us talking. Is currently how the run fair is being perceived, and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, as as like a Renny, like as someone who's worked at run fairs for years, it's the aspect of the community that mm-hmm. is like created through through her words is on is like spot on to me, and I really hope in like another chapter, like later on during the book, we're at the run fair, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Hopefully,
0: that'd be nice. But
1: that'd be nice. I literally have highlighted because it made me fucking laugh my ass off. Because I know very well, that this is not correct. Nothing bad happens at the Ren Fair.
0: <laughs> and I I highlighted that specifically because I'm like, mm. like well, yes like, and no. I get I get kind of the 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 image that she's getting in her brain with nothing ever bad ever happens at Ren Fair. Because it's true, for a lot of people, you know, walking in, nothing, like, just patrons coming in, nothing bad happens around there. But for those that are working it... We see the completely opposite side of it. Exactly.
1: We see the things that normal patrons don't see of, not only all the behind the scenes, but we hear the calls for security. We hear, like... The police like we, we
0: we we see all that at the fairs but it's just we see the our friends having heat stroke or getting wailed <laughs> on the head and you know or well, you know broken fingers, fingers or ears, or girls getting hit on by very very drunk patrons it's uh it's, or or, or just sexually assaulted
1: side. in general because yes.
0: we we see both the light and the dark side so it's 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 Interesting how she describes it, but I really hope that we get into the Ren Fair, especially after um, Effie's confrontation with Elric, because now I really want to punch him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like at the start
1: of that, I think.
0: Oh, you're going to want to hit him.
1: <laughs> oh, I just, I already had a feeling I wanted to hit him. Yeah. But um, I also liked the um, thought process for the Ren Fair of earning your story. Mm-hmm. and that's something that like not is, is true at some run fairs and not true at others mm-hmm. and depending on what groups you go with so it's like the group I was with we earned our right to make our story to mm-hmm. have overarching themes to have branches to other people like that right that right's earned it's not just given to everyone right and I very much like that aspect of Effie wanting to earn her story continuously, but also to keep the memory of the person whose footsteps she, or Finn's rather, she is like stepping into. Almost.
0: Right. Have we done a Renaissance Fair podcast? I can't remember.
1: That was like our, that was like our third or fourth podcast.
0: I don't even know if we talked about like our, well, Okay. So we talked about that, but I don't know if we ever went into, like, our stories. Like, what characters are- what our characters are, what our backstories are. Mm, I don't think we did. I think- I think 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 we did just over
1: our chain. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll make that that a thing.
0: Um, any other final thoughts? Um,
1: nothing I can think of right now. I'm very excited to, like, finish it. Mm -hmm. And just be able to, one, finish it, and then two- Like, not think about it for a little bit and then reread it in entirety. Yeah. To find, like, new things, which is one thing I love to do with stories like this. Mm -hmm. Especially with one to where there's so many little details in this book. And I think that's the other reason why I kept having to stop. Because I'm very much the type of book person who wants to find every little detail every little metaphor every little like nuance of something Right. and this book is full of them like it took it took everything in me not to highlight more pages yeah (laughs) and i need to clarify like i'm not highlighting an actual book i have it on ebook uh i need to say that because people will get at me and be like why are you highlighting in books (laughs) by the way it's not bad i have done that before (laughs)
0: i do it all the time with my textbooks i don't know why people have such an issue with it like it helps me study okay textbooks understand completely yeah people get
1: really pissed if it's like a regular book (laughs) like i i also think i'm gonna probably go through like all of bethany's like books and like read some of the synopsis and maybe read another one because I I do love the way she writes. Yeah. She yeah. writes in a a very like pointed way and I
0: love it. Yeah, she she is very she's a very stylized writer and I There really we go, that's the word that. I'm looking for. And stylized especially, especially not coming from like a background of like an English background or a journalism background. She's coming from a psychology background, purely psychology and sociology. So. I
1: I think that's that's also the other, uh, like side of the book is you get some of the psycho psychological aspects of mm-hmm. what it is, like what it's like to live as these people. Yeah, like it. it she, she's able to put words onto paper that seem like an actual con- like conscious like thought like someone's inner monologue essentially conscious that's the words thought. I'm looking thank you yeah conscious thought <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah um if you are looking for a, a really good you know kind of excuse me thought-provoking book uh, I de- I definitely recommend A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Moreau I will definitely make sure to put it into the description of the podcast um, so that we can go check it out i bought my book off of amazon so it's out there um but thank you guys so much for listening to us for another month i um, not sure if we're gonna be back again this month for a second podcast or if we're just gonna scrap that one and try it some other time um because um...
1: um it'll depend on schedules and how we feel yeah. um if not i may if i get the will to do like a little minute mini video thing that i'll post on youtube of me just doing like one of the recipes because i am
0: immediately cooking from this cookbook
1: like i'm so excited
0: <laughs> i don't doubt it all right um but we will be back next month and i'm looking at what our
1: Oh, okay. I should have put that Next up. Next
0: month's uh, topic is going to be the live shows that we've been to. So that'll uh, be that'll be so much fun. Um, but yes, thank you guys. God, so I have much. to remember shit.
1: God damn it. Okay.
0: <laughs> thank <laughs> you guys so much for listening to us again. Check us out on Twitter at T and Twits Pod, on YouTube, um, T and Twits Pod. Uh, I think it's just T and Twits on YouTube. Um, I think so. Yeah and check us check out our Redbubble store with all of our merch. So I think I hit everything. That should be it. All right. Have a good <laughs> have a good rest of your day guys. Bye.
1: Bye.